good morning, everyone. I know we got some people out of town. The Wilsons are, the Wilsons are gone. The Wilhelms are gone. Uh, we have some visitors, but they're not in the room right now. So I'm going to talk about them behind their back. Jen and Ramayan are visiting from Ann Arbor. They took the kids to class. They'll be back. They're going to do our communion this morning. Jen and Ramayan. Oh, there they are. There. Jen and Ramayan, good friends. Ramayan is... Uh, other than Jen, is the only person in this room that remembers me before I was a Christian. And, uh, and hopefully he takes those stories to the grave. But, uh, uh, so we're going to start our, this February series. is called How Jesus Loved, obviously. We're going to go with a little Valentine-y type theme. Um, but how did Jesus love people? We're going to look at four ways that Jesus loved people. Today, we're going to look at how Jesus uh, looked and listened to people. He spent time to, to make sure that they felt seen and heard. Next week, Tom is going to preach on uh, another way Jesus loved people, which was he spoke the truth to them. So today's like all the good feelings. Next week is all the conviction. Not quite. I got some conviction for you this morning, too. Uh, and then uh, in the two weeks, we're going to look at how Jesus served people, met physical needs. And then lastly, we're going to finish out with Jesus went to the cross. That's how he loved people. He died for us. Uh, so hopefully that will uh, be a pattern that we can follow. Uh, throughout this series, we are going to look at what did Jesus do then in the Gospels? We're going to ask the question, is he still doing those things for us now? And what can we do about it? So should we love people the way that Jesus loved? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. We should love people the way Jesus loved people. So today we're looking at Jesus looked and listened. And what I mean by that is he, you can, li you can look at people and you can listen to people. You can, you can look at people from a distance. That's not what we're going to talk about. You can look at people online. That's not what we're going to talk about. You can listen to people from a distance through media. You can listen to people online. That's not what we're going to talk about either. When I say Jesus looked and listened, what I, meant, what I mean is Jesus lived in such a way that the people around him felt like they were seen and felt like they were heard. And as we'll see, that's actually a higher calling. It's easy to look and listen from a distance. It's easy to look and listen to YouTube. It's harder to build relationships where people feel seen and heard. And so I just have those two points. Looked and then listened. Point number one, Jesus looked and people felt seen. There's a lot of different ways we could do this. The way I'm going to do this is I'm going to look specifically at the outcasts. Can I just say, I never felt anything as much as I felt those air quotes when John did big money in his contribution. I think we all, like, he was like, whoosh, whoosh. Uh, we're going to look at the outcasts of society in Jesus' ministry. Who did Jesus look at that other people refused to look at? Because I could talk about, yeah, Jesus looked at everybody. Well, looking at everybody it means looking at the people that are easy to look at and looking at the people that are hard to look at. And it's easy I hope this doesn't sound dumb. It's easy to look at the people that are easy to look at. 
in the fellowship. That's like, it's easy to fellowship your friends. It's easy to, to get into a conversation after church with the people that are just like you, that agree with you, see the world the way you see the world, all of that. But what about the others? Again, more air quotes. Whoosh, whoosh. Others. What about the others? And if you're like, well, I, you know, in my world, I don't, there are no others. I'm like, yeah, there are. There's always others. The point is not to pretend they don't exist. The point is to continually go over to them. And so let's look at the outcasts that Jesus interacts with in the Gospels. This is going to be a survey. Survey is like a Bible word of a bunch of scriptures, kind of like rapid fire, to kind of make a point. The outcasts Jesus interacts with, there are five groups that we're going to look at for this point. The first one is women. And I'm not going to get super specific with all, all the verses of these. You can, if you want, you can take a picture at the end when we fill this whole slide up, and I'll, or I'll send it to you if you want. But uh, there are several instances where Jesus interacts with women that was countercultural to the day. One of my favorites is in Luke 8, it talks about how women basically supported Jesus' ministry. Also some women, this is in verse 2 and 3, also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and many others, these women were, hel women were helping to support them out of their own means. So Jesus' ministry was in part being funded by uh, several prominent women. In Luke 13, we see the only use of the phrase in pretty much the whole Bible, daughter of Abraham. Jesus calls a woman that, daughter of Abraham. And then in John 4, uh, that's the, the woman at the well, and it says in verse 27 that when his disciples arrived, they were surprised to see him talking to a woman. We'll get to the other part of that equation in a couple points down. But Jesus regularly was like, hey, I know our culture is structured this way where I'm not supposed to interact with you, but I'm going to reach out and interact with you. The next one. He dealt with people that were unclean. Unclean, I could have put these in quotation marks, but it's pretty literal according to Torah law. There were things that made you unclean or defiled or um, needing to be separated from the community. The, probably the biggest one on the list was leprosy, a communicable skin disease. If you had a communicable skin disease, you had to either remove yourself or be removed from the community and announce your presence so that other people could stay away from you. Jesus not only interacts with the lepers, he touches them, which is a big no-no. Um, but he, that's how he heals them. He could, could, he could have healed them just by saying from a distance, hey, you're healed. He did that in other places. But with this leper in uh, Mark 1, he specifically touches him. In Luke 8, we see three instances of a demon-possessed man. We see the bleeding woman. And we see the dead girl. All three of these things were things that no one would go near. And yet Jesus went near to them. And then, as if healing one left.